Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. People make it rain on Friday. It's a giving day. Ashley, 250. It's like an auction. Do I hear do I hear 300? Oh, <laughs> uh, that guy ruined it. I know the feeling too when like it's going through your head what you just said and there's no way to fix it. Thanks, Al. Punchy. <laughs> I'm gonna have one in a little bit. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Al. Thanks, everybody. Um I'm gonna come on tomorrow at 10 a.m. And I'm gonna cover socialism and what the Bible says about uh, the economy. How should a Christian believe about money? Do you take the teachings of Jesus and say that everybody should take what they have and make it so everybody has the same amount? So we're going to cover it from the Bible. Good morning, guys. Good to see your wife's aim wasn't so good. (laughs) Yeah, I told her that. that I, I, I said before I left the house, thanks for shooting me. She said, it's not over yet. So it's not that she has bad aim. It's that she hasn't shot yet. Um, got a caller lined up, mm-hmm. so I'll see you tomorrow, Saturday at 10 a.m. Don't, don't miss that one. And then please welcome someone who I have no clue who it is all the way from an undisclosed location. Go ahead. Who's this? Suge, Suge Knight calling from prison? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. My name is uh, Mark Edward, calling from Claremont, Florida. Well, that's better than that's better than cell block D in in uh, South Central LA. Absolutely, ne- ne- never met you before, right? Um, never met me before, no. But I'm uh, I'm close with um, some of your staff there. Oh, who in particular? Rom. Oh, close with Rom. Got to choose better yeah. friends, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's how you get Will in do. trouble. All right, go go ahead with your question. Nice having you on, my friend. Yes, sir. Um, well, uh, I just started a, a new church here in Claremont, Florida, and the area that we are dealing with um, is really bound up in poverty and in and in drugs and also alcohol and stuff. And so, my question is, how do you how how do I, as a pastor, um, go about you know breaking that area? free of those things how do you break and this that's a great question because i'm sure many people that are starting off pastoring are going to have a similar story he said the area where he's pastoring in central florida is bound up in drugs poverty and what was the third thing alcohol alcohol i mean that's america if you if you pastored in manhattan people's kids are bound up in the drugs and alcohol part just not the poverty and then if you get outside of a handful of communities in the United States, that's what your people deal with. Number one, and you know me, I'm probably the least positive person that there is, but I want to commend you on understanding where people are at. Because many, many ministers, my dad used to say it like this, people's sermons answer questions that no one's asking. And so, right. you know, they're teaching on some Bible principle that has nothing to do with people's real life. The, the first step of having an effective ministry. The Bible says in Matthew 9, Jesus was moved with compassion because the people's problems were so great. Jesus was a man of the people. He knew what they were going through. 
And, uh, right. you know, you can give even, even when you preach prosperity like I do. You have to keep it where people can, can grasp it. You know, you start talking about um, paying cash for a jet and stuff like that. It's great to give that testimony. But if you start preaching about that all the time and somebody's believing for breakfast tomorrow for their daughter and their single mother, your ministry becomes ineffective. So number one, right. you ha- you've covered step one, which is know what people are going through. Then number two, your specific question, how do you break it? What do you do about sure. it? Well, the Bible says, Luke chapter four, I'll read it to you. Okay. Luke chapter four, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes, sir. When Jesus finished his 40 day fast, the Bible says in verse 18, Jesus unrolled the scroll of Isaiah and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So I want you to notice that part of the function of the anointing is there's an anointing to preach the gospel to the poor where and lift them and not just, you know, give them a message to comfort them while they go without uh, necessities for another another week, but but to break them out of poverty. And so the way you preach to people that are battling poverty and drugs and alcohol is the same way you preach to everybody, which is with a heart of compassion and preach the Bible to them. Because when people get saved and turn their back on sin, sin is like 95% of the battle. Sin, people living with each other, uh, people having kids out of wedlock, that, that is facilitating their poverty. So number one, when you preach salvation and repentance of sin, that is not separate from breaking people out of poverty. That breaks people out of poverty. And then number two, uh, preach. My, my uncle Ted said this to me when we were talking on the phone back in like September. Mm-hmm. He said, you and I, you and I have a deliverance element to our preaching. He was talking about like the way how to minister effectively. Mm. preach for a result. So don't just inform people about, you know, that alcohol is a sin. How many know we need to get that out of our life? Preach against it. Like it, like it's a spirit. Don't preach against them. You know, like, like you're, uh, it's almost like you have two divides in the United States. You have people that don't preach against sin at all. And then you have people that they love just coming to church and railing against sin. Cause you have a crowd that at least has to pretend to agree with you. And that's right. Pastor. But you don't preach like you're angry at the sinner. You, yes, you tell them that foul thing that's made you a captive. The reason the Lord sent me to start this church, and maybe that's why God had me turn to Luke chapter 4, is because you should feel like that, like Jesus said. Jesus said right up front when he started his ministry, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You should feel like that when you step in your building on Sunday. I want you to know that the Lord sent me to this town to start this church so that an end could come to all of your struggles. Bishop Oyedepo says it all the time. The Lord told me um, the time has come to liberate mankind from all oppressions of the devil through the preaching of the word of faith, and I'm sending you to undertake that task. So you should have that feeling. I'm here not so you can get counseled out of our... I'm here as a messenger of God to break those things off of and out of your life. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to preach and, and you know, preaching is not separate from that. The word of God carries power to deliver captives in and of itself and then preach for a result. You know, like Billy Graham, Billy Graham would start giving his altar call in his opening remarks. 
At the close of tonight's message, I'm going to give an opportunity for all of you who need to make things right with God through Jesus Christ to come to the altar. And then he'd say it again in the middle. Do that. I I know many people this morning are battling uh, poverty and alcohol and drugs. But I I want you to know that's why I'm here. I'm not just going to preach you the word of God. At the close of this meeting, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, my God is going to hear our prayers and take and take you out of your situation. And when when you when you minister like that, it'll set you apart because most people just are speakers. But as you you've likely heard me say, Paul said, "When I brought you the gospel, brethren, it was not in words only, but but in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost, that your faith would yes, not sir. be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." So I, I yes, would sir. tell you, spend time if you're in full time ministry, spend time consistently in fasting and prayer. I would do one day a week. I would do three days a month and pray and pray ahead of time. Father, every alcoholic that comes into the meeting on Sunday, let not one of them leave. Let the anointing be too strong for any demon of alcoholic bondage to be able to stand. Heroin, meth, I mean, go through it in prayer. And then when you stand up to preach, your preaching will begin to deliver people before before you even get a chance to pray. Amen. Come on, come on. Does that that bring up any more, more specific questions or... Anything you want clarity on, I'd be happy to answer a second one. Um, no, that's, I mean, that was, that was, you know, that was pretty much it, you know, and, uh, cause I had, I, I, you know, cause I, you know, because I had also been praying, Lord, like, what's the key? Like, give me a key so I can go out and actually reach these people. Cause, um, we, we had an outreach. So the church launch was last week, Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday. And then, and then the Saturday we had an outreach, uh, about 220 in attendance, about 100 and 105 salvations around there. That's phenomenal. Um, it was awesome. And then, but to try to, what, how do I bridge the gap from them coming out to an, to a, to a park, to a public place to getting to them Sunday inside service. the church? Yes, sir. Well, you got, I'm sure you got their information from the outreach. You uh, know, yes, sir, a lot of people get weeded out then because th- th- now you're asking for commitment, but that's, that's fine. You know, if you have mm-hmm. 200 and some in attendance, 105 get saved. And then on Sunday you have 25 come out. Yep. That's fine. But ju- yep. I, I would then keep hammering the outreach and keep doing yep. that. And you keep, you build it. Um, yes, and you know, you hit, you'll hit a breakthrough, but in yes, the meantime, sir. go slow and strong going from 20 to 25. Then from 25 to 30 is a victory. Going from 30 to 40 is a big victory. You know, you're doing the right thing. Start where you're at and keep building it. And uh, there was another thing I I was going to tell you. Oh, yeah. You know, make the centerpiece of your church the preaching of the word of God. God's honored his word above his name. Buck the trend in our generation of the worship being the main thing or prayer Mm. being the main thing as far as like, you know, we're going to lose. I don't understand when you go to a church and they have people pray for people before there's been preaching because you know what I mean? Like make the word, the dominant thing in the service. You have a 90 minute service, make 55 minutes of it minimum, the word of God. And uh, if you, if you've got a two hour service, you know, make 50 minutes and a 20 minute altar service and ministry and the gifts, make that the main thing. And anytime I would say that's, if there's any secret to the growth we've seen, it's that I make God's word the thing. When I come on camera, I'm not telling you a dream I had. I, the, we're getting into the Bible. 
And God, you know, it's not about me. It's not about you. There's a message God wants to get out to a generation. And if you make yourself a vessel he can trust to deliver that both correctly and in power, then you'll never lack opportunity or people because the message itself demands an audience. So the more you fine-tune the message, the message itself attracts people because God wants people to hear it. That's what happened Amen. in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. God, God, you don't hear a bunch of people speaking in other languages in a room and 3,000 people come to hear what they're talking about. It was supernatural. So yes, sir. why? He gathered a crowd and then Peter didn't just continue to preach in tongues and say, you know what? I actually have a tongue of fire on my head right now. I'm going to go lay hands. On... No, he preached to them. The Bible says, and Peter continued preaching for a long time. Save yourself from this generation that's gone astray. And so even then with visible tongues of fire on their head, they channeled it into preaching. So I would say you make that the, 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 the main thing. I would tell you to consider taking your offering at the end of the service. I know uh, I do that as an evangelist. And I feel like after people have been ministered to, they, they give because their spirits are open. They haven't just come in off the street, sat there for 20 minutes, and then have to hear a message on the offering. You know, switch things up. I would get right. right in to like, I'd sing, have music while people are coming in, praise and worship. And then preach the house down and then lay hands on, on people and minister to people and then sit everybody back down, teach for, you know, three to five minutes on the tithe and, and offering and, and do your thing. You don't have yes, to, sir. you don't have, you know, if you feel like you're an out of the box kind of guy, don't feel like you have to go back in the, in the box. You actually, in our generation can be out of the box by preaching, by preaching the Bible with an anointing. It'll make, it'll separate you from the <laughs> whole pack. And, and last thing. Preach yes, doctrines. Don't preach on, you know, I see what people are preaching on. Uh, uh, th- this month we're doing a series at our church on why we need revival. That doesn't, mm-hmm. revival comes as, as like a result of you preaching yeah. the, the doctrines of Christ. Salvation yes. through Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, total freedom from sin, total freedom from sickness and disease. Then revival breaks. Don't preach about revival. Don't, and I would say that to any ministers that are watching. Don't preach like a theorily. What, do I, what I mean by that is this. Like when I was in Newark, I don't preach. What America needs is a move of God. No, this is, we're going to have that here. Not talk mm-hmm. about how we need revival. Have revival. If that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. I hope to see you the great. next time I'm in Florida. And I... Appreciate you coming on, and as I'm sure Ron probably told you, lunch is on us today, $20, so you can go to Chick-fil-A and probably for $20 have three to 4,000 calories, which is fine. It's a, it's a Christian place. Pray before you eat, and you'll be just fine. If, you're, yes, you, know, sir. if you do Thank that you over so and over again and your knees start to hurt, then, you know, you back a little bit. Thank you so much for your time. I Love appreciate you. it. I'm happy to do it. Stay in touch. Yes, sir, absolutely. Well, that was, uh, what, what was the name, Ron? Mark, last name? Oh, Mark Edwards. Great meeting you, Mark, and I, I, I wish you well. Any ministers that are watching, I saw Jerry Webb just said something about the ministry pack. Um, I don't see it here. But we have a ministry training pack, and you can order it on uh, revivaltoday.com. Revivaltoday.com. If you go to the product, there's a whole bunch of stuff there, and I would be happy to have you have it. Listen, my, um, 
I'm going to pull something up on my phone here. While I do, what's going on? Oh, look, look. oh right here. Thank you. There it is. Oh, that's spiritual gifts. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's just like this. It's a, it's a USB. comes in this case. Pop that thing out. And it has uh, 10 seminars or what? Five, some, ten, yeah, ten, was it five seminars? Ten. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Five, five two-part messages. Yeah, exactly. So 10 sessions on um, what to do when you're in the ministry because I feel like uh, this isn't a shot at any Bible college in particular. This is a shot at all Bible colleges. <laughs> I just feel like generally in Bible school, it's almost like if you went to school to be a plumber and all they did was sit you down and say, like, people need plumbing. Pipes need fixed. Amen? We need to go out there and fix pipes. You need to have a passion to fix But then, like, no one actually ever taught you how to plumb, you know? I feel like Bible college can be like that. It's like, people need the Lord. We need to have revival in this country. You need to have a passion for God. You need to help people. But then people don't tell you how to preach, you know, all kinds of stuff. I, the, the questions that I've answered yeah, that people true. have, people don't even have, like, a, a basic understanding. Whether you can like, um, you know, I've had people ask me, are you allowed to take a salary uh, as a pastor? The basic thing. So I cover the financial part of the ministry, how to have open doors, preaching. And uh, did we switch over the website where you can just give by donation now for the product? Um, Or is it still like a set amount? I'll have to take a look at that. But we are having a... um a bomb too, since we're, that's a good leeway. Oh, yeah. We're having Take bomb. Um, we just scheduled the dates yesterday. It's going to be June. Hang on a second. Let me just pull up the dates. I don't want to get them wrong. But every year we have this um, these meetings, June 10th through the 14th. So that's five days. Two days on media, one day on finance, one day on. Uh, uh, admin. And so um, what we do is we take time to basically answer any questions that you might have, how to run a ministry, how to file for a 501c3 if you're going to be an evangelist, um, and why you probably shouldn't if you're going to be a church. Like We answer all of those questions during that, that week. Um, and then Rom and Nick and Patrick, we, they all do different sessions uh, basically focused on each uh, different topic. And then it gives you an, the ability to ask all of your questions. Um, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Does BOM cover starting a 501c3? Yes, it covers the whole entire thing, actually. Um, uh, the, the actual, we'll, we'll go through basically almost every single page of the 501c3 for, for tax um, purposes. So that's a really great resource. Um, again, that's June 10th through the 15th, the 14th. And then during this, this um, year is going to be really um, cool because we're going to have a morning session and then we're going to break off for the, um, into the studio. You're going to have a live audience, the bomb session. And then after the studio or even during the, the broadcast, we're going to have them ask any questions that they, they have for you. So in the same way that we've been a- answering questions during the Skype broadcast, we're going to take any bomb, um, you know, uh, attendee, and then you are you're going to 
uh, be able to ask the man of God questions right there during that week. So it's going to be a really fun time, um, tons of information. So you definitely want to register www.revivaltoday.com forward slash bomb. It's the 10th through the 13th? 10th through the 14th. Oh, doing a full week again? Full, full week, yeah. So we, we added to... the session? It was, it was really compact. And even then, out of those sessions, it was just... It, was, it wasn't enough. Like, there were still more questions. It, it's almost like there's so much stuff that they know that it's like you're just scratching the surface. So especially for media, we're adding a second day. So two days for media, one day for finance, one day for admin. Um, so it's great if you're in business. Marriage. It's great if you're in ministry. And it's also great if you're a senior pastor and you want to send your staff, you know, where you can actually have staff that helps you rather than you you come in and do everything yourself and they tell you the live stream's down and we don't know what the problem is. Yeah. You know, it'll help. So it, it's an investment that, that that will very much help your ministry. So that's on RevivalToday.com. If you would, can I get 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in the Amplified Bible? Remember, I'll be with you tomorrow, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. 2 Corinthians 9? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11 in the Amplified. You want me to read it? Yep. Now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, that blessing may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his or her heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. As it is written and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person, scatters abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Read um, 8 through 11 one more time in the Amplified. This is 2 Corinthians 9, now 8 through 11. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under every circumstance, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. We've been taking the time before we go on Christian Television Network to do eight keys to explosive increase in 2019, and I know I've thrown in a few bonuses as well. I'm going to give you the final four today on Friday because we've planned our year out in January during fasting and prayer, and now we have uh, time where we're asking God in prayer to put a divine wind behind what we're doing. And I, by we, I don't mean us two. I mean all of us. That's why we're on. I believe in my spirit. That's why I'm taking time. There's a saying that God, there's a thing that God told one of my fathers in the Lord, Bishop David Oyedepo. Don't raise money, raise men, and you'll never have to raise money. And that's what I'm doing. We're raising soldiers Instead of like hoping we can find some millionaire or billionaire out there, which we've already found them, this is teaching where very shortly people that are watching should be bringing in millions of dollars. I used to hear people say that when I was in my 20s 
hear a guy like me saying that that's a preacher. Okay, I know you guys are supposed to have like faith and talk like that, but let, can we be realistic? You know, when you're taking in like $1,000 a month, you know, trying to get to 3000 a month, a million, 84000 a month sounds insane. But I'm going to tell you, this works. That's why, that's why I wrote this book, Financial Overflow, 10 Bible Principles to Unlock Heaven's Unending Supply. Because I've been on both sides of it, and I just wrote down what changed. What did I discover out of the Bible that changed how I am? And it works for everybody. It's not, the, the steps that are in the Bible are repeatable. Eight keys to explosive increase. What did the Bible say there that Magalas read? That you'll always have abundance in all things. That's explosive increase. Abundance in all things. Making all grace and favor abound to your account. That you'll be enriched in every way. The Bible says in the New Living Translation. So I know what it's like to get, have $1,000 come in in a month. And then I, I got the financial report from this week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. $102,000 came into our ministry. And I haven't got out and preached this week. So... It's faith. It, 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 it's, it's you acting on the word of God that actually puts you in like a supernatural stream. Now you think, the last four days, we had $102,000 come in. So unless we have a horrible next three days, I'll have more money come in this week in our ministry than I had come in the entire year traveling and preaching in 2008 and I think 2009 and I think 2010. It works. That's why I'm telling you that. I'm not telling you that <laughs> to brag about money because actually it needs to go higher than that for the things we're planning. You know, if we're going to do this stuff we talk about, take Heinz Field and preach. T- t- take the arenas that are meant for hockey teams and baseball teams and football teams and preach. Then, then there's a level that we're headed to. But I'm just telling you, it's not fake. It works. And what have we done? You know, it, do I take an offering on, you know, please, get, no. What do we do? We take about the last two minutes, and sometimes I've run over time and missed that before 1230, and the last one minute on TV after we've given a call for people to be saved and healed, like 50 seconds. It's God. So let's, let me get these final, very important, that I, I genuinely believe will be life-changing. If you've not shared the broadcast, you can disrupt as many people as possible by sharing that. And this will help. I'm going to give you four. Number one, we've already covered, so I'm not going to get back into it. Have an income. You have to have an income. I, was t- I can't remember who I was telling yesterday. Uh, my brother-in-law. When I was like 26, first year I was married, hardly had anywhere to preach, a guy called from Australia and said, I'd like you to come and preach three weeks in Australia. I'm the head of a denomination here. I want you to do a summer camp. Then on the other side of Australia, I want you to do another summer camp, both for youth, our our main denomination summer camp, and then preach at my church Sunday through Wednesday. I'm not going to be able to take any offerings for you or give you an honorarium, but we will uh, pay for your plane ticket. I said, no, (laughs) that doesn't make, that's not what the Bible teaches. I I told him, I said, the way I do things, I'll pay for my plane tickets for me and my wife. He just wanted to bring me and me leave my wife for three weeks. You know, you follow the flow of how things are set up, you'll end up divorced and broke in the ministry. I'm not leaving, going, running around Australia for three weeks. You pay my, and you won't honor what the Bible says. Don't muzzle the ox while he treads the grain. The labor is worthy of his hire. Let each man give as he's directed by the spirit. When somebody sows spiritual seed, I'm not coming. 
I had enough sense then to know that would be a huge mistake. You have to have income. Most Christians that are broke are broke because when you ask them, what do you do for work? I watch the kids. That's not work. That's you helping a family member. You have to do something. Everybody that's here in this studio is paid a full-time salary. That we're, I, I honor that. So I don't, now listen, if you could, now we have volunteers answering the phones. We'll have, but they're free to volunteer free, but I'm not asking people to put in 60 hour weeks out of the goodness of their heart. People volunteer from Bible college to help. I'm all for volunteers. It's good to volunteer. I've volunteered. But as far as what you do with your life, you need to have an income. So I want you to ask yourself that. Well, you know, we need a financial breakthrough. Uh, What do you do for work? Well, I don't have, you don't need a financial breakthrough. You need a J-O-B. You need something that produces money. I will bless the fruit of your labor. I give you power to create wealth. Stop hiding unemployment behind demonic attack. The devil said, no, get a job. I don't have time to get a job. You need to rearrange your schedule. But yeah, but I'm hurt. You need to get healed. My brother-in-law that works at our ministry is paralyzed from the waist down, and he works at our ministry and does a great job. Not back pain, severed spinal cord. So if you're looking for somebody that has compassion, please find another, yeah, another broadcast. I don't, ain't going to be here. Yeah, if you're, if you're laying in a, in a hospital, it's another story. We send benevolence to people that can't move. But the Bible says in the New Testament, let me tell you, as I told you before, a man that doesn't work should not eat. Number one, have an income. Number two, you have to have a mentality that I am on this earth to be a blessing. Say that where you're at. Say, I am a blessing. Well, I'm just praying the Lord gives me a blessing. No, I am a blessing. I'm not praying. You know, the mentality I was brought up with as a Christian was if you want to go to a baseball game, Lord, speak to someone's heart to invite me as a minister to the game. You know, God forbid you ever pay for tickets. God forbid you ever pay for anything as a preacher. Somebody, you know, you listen to preachers talk. We were able to eat at that restaurant. We had a board member bless my wife and I with a gift. Why can't you, why can't you bless your board member and his, you have to change that mentality. I'm not here to collect the blessings from other people. I am here to operate in abundance and overflow to be a blessing to other people. Amen. Ooh, three Puerto Rican flags. I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing. And through you, all the, that's the Abrahamic covenant. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Say that where you're at. I am a blessing. So, so I just started going in the opposite direction. I take people to hockey games. I haven't had one person take me to a hockey game this year. I take them. I don't have people take me to baseball games. I take them. And look what happens. I do everything I can to to make it where I'm the only one that's doing things for other people. And you have breakfast provided without you knowing it today from Oakmont Bakery. You have somebody shipping crab from Maryland without me asking. I haven't been sitting here going like, I don't know what Brother Shuttlesworth's going to eat this week, but I just pray the Lord will speak this. No. It's a spiritual law that if you concentrate on blessing other people, your blessing that you doled out will return to you, pressed down, shaken together. And running over. Be a blessing. Say this out loud. I am a provider. 
I help others. Look for who to help. Pray for other people. Paul was in prison. And Paul wasn't saying in prison, please pray for me, I'm in prison. He was saying, I want you to know, I never cease my prayers for you. Asking God for X, Y, and Z for your behalf. Look for who to bless, not for who can bless you. And you'll never have to look for who to bless you. Number three, but that's a mentality. If you, I'm in need, I don't know what, you know, I need somebody. No, you don't need. I am abundance because the abundant one lives on the inside of me. I carry abundance. I carry, you could drop me in the middle of the jungle. And when you came back for me, there would be a nice house, people that have a job that are working for, I'm abundance. You drop me somewhere, the waste places get rebuilt. My brother-in-law was telling me, I think he said it on air. They bought that church in St. Leonard. Now all the places around it are thriving. That's an anointing that we carry as children of God. Number three, have a money mission. Have a money mission. What do I mean by that? Determine ahead of time what you're going to do when you get blessed. Maybe the reason God hasn't blessed you yet is God's not interested in blessing Gucci through you. God's not interested in blessing Nordstrom through you. 70% of the church, if God gave them a financial breakthrough, the only person that would benefit would be Nordstrom, Nordstrom Rack, the local outlets. You know, everybody would show up the next Sunday with the same Louis Vuitton purse with dark brown and light tan LV. (laughs) Wow. That's what would happen. And God's not interested in that because God's not interested in making them rich. God's interested in his mission of the Great Commission. Amen. And if you attach to that, then God's happy to let you enjoy overflow. It will send it your way. This suit I have on is a nice suit. This tie I have on is a nice tie. I bought the shirt. The tie was sent. The suit was custom made for me. But, but somebody else, I want to make you suits. These shoes are an abomination, but I like them. <laughs> My father, it's caused like strife between our relationship, but that's fine. You know, you can't blame him. You see your son putting on uh, makeup and then wearing shoes like this. It's like, what the? I put him in football. I had him play hockey. I don't know what I was supposed to do. <laughs> you would, Missy. I love you. Have a money mission. Do you know when things broke through in our ministry? When we made a determination... To start feeding kids in India. $96,000 came in the offering the next place. I'd never had more than 9,000 come in. In a week. There's a minister that's not going to be able to travel for four weeks. He's going in for surgery. I'm sending our tithes and offerings from here. So just this week's going to be eleven or 12,000 minimum. That now I have the ability which is to sustain another minister while he's out. Because that's what increased us. When you start thinking of other people, money flows easy. How can I do the things that God has? What's going to happen when God gives you a breakthrough in your business? You you know, is the timeshare department in Myrtle Beach going to get blessed? Who's going to get blessed through you? You determine that ahead of time. You determine, I'm going to build churches. I'm going to, not not I'm going to start my own 501c3 and I don't tithe. You notice I didn't start a second ministry that Adolis runs, and we tithe from revival today into that, and hers ties into that. No, don't find creative ways to keep all your money under the guise legally of it being ministry. Determine. 
that 10% is going to leave your hands into the Great Commission. Not to repaint houses in third world countries. Not to provide clean water. That's, the UN does that. You can do that on the side. But the preaching of the gospel. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring, to bring clean water to the poor. No, to preach the gospel to the poor. When you get behind that, you're in good shape. Number four, give big seed. Magalas read it. He who gives sparingly will reap sparingly. He who gives abundantly shall reap an abundant multiplied harvest. When, when I gave $72 in Dr. Leroy Thompson's meeting, that was the only money I had, and I, and I didn't have any more coming in. I felt it. And a 1,000 came back on the way to my seat at the church. When we, I'll give you a recent one. When Adalis and I were saving up to go on a vacation, and I had saved up, what, 7,000? You know, plane tickets, rental house, food. We had 7,000 extra, and the Lord spoke to, to her in that meeting to give 5,000, leaving us with 2,000, which, you know, <laughs> now, now I just thought, well, I'll figure out what we're going to do later. And we had about just under 50,000 wired into our account from two different people. This is for you personally. You'll stay small when you're all, I, I'm telling you, there has to be a time, and it's not when you're 50 and rich or 60 and rich. Where you have to quit giving $25 and $50 offerings. And, you know, at some point, you got to get to 1,000. After 1,000, 10,000. After 10,000, 100,000. And I need to go up from there. We've done 100, I need to do more. Those are the four keys. Number four, give big seed. We're going on television. 3,500 extra people joining us in two seconds. See you on the other side. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.